Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host today. As usual, Bruce Irving here with you for another episode of the podcast. Today, my guest is Antonio from Lily's Fresh Pasta, not a sponsor of the podcast. This is not a sponsored podcast episode. This is just a local guy who's local to me in the Boston area whose parents started Lily's Fresh Pasta. And I just love the story. My wife and my grandparents actually are immigrants to this country. And I love hearing stories from people who came to this country with nothing and started a business. And just by really working hard and sweat equity, grew that business into something substantial. Now, Lily's Fresh Pasta was started by Antonio's mom and dad. And now he's taking over and he's trying to get this pasta across the country into pizza shops that have existing menus that could benefit from serving a fresh pasta. And it comes to you frozen through these purveyors. And we talk about not just selling the pasta. We don't really talk about too much about selling the pasta, about the benefits of using it. Although, you know, fresh pasta is amazing. If you've ever had a fresh pasta before, it's really, really good. We more talk more about the history of the company and what they're doing to help their customers grow and why you should try to think about starting to use fresh pasta in your business. Very little. We talk about that very little. It's more about the history of the business, how he's getting the word out there. So you can listen to what he's saying about his business and you can also incorporate that into your pizzeria business. So it's not like a, a, a podcast episode that we're just selling the pasta all the time. That's not what this is. This is a story about a business who started. It just happens to be that they sell fresh pasta instead of pizzas like you probably do. Great episode. I enjoyed it. I think you're going to like it as well. Do If you are listening to this podcast in the future, head over to our website. If you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, smartpizzamarketing.com is the website. We are working on a new and updated version of our website. should be out by the end of July, early August of 2023. Go check it out. Lots of spots over there for you to be a guest on the podcast. There's also spots on there for you to be a contributor if you want to write an article, if you have an interesting idea, hit me up. There's a contact page there. Let me know what you're thinking about. Let me know what your thought is. I want to start doing more of these podcasts because I love doing them. I love talking to you. I love hearing from guests who listen to the podcast and then ultimately come hang out with me for a half an hour or 45 minutes and be a guest in the podcast. So head over to smartpizzamarketing.com if you're listening to this. Sign up for our email newsletter. Check out all the content we have over there. I think you're going to really enjoy it. All right, let's get out. Let's, that's enough for me. A couple words from our sponsor of the, today's podcast, and then we're going to get right into the episode with Antonio. Thanks to Pizza Cloud for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you are wondering how to get your phone lines, your online ordering, and your credit card sales to never, ever go down again, you need to check out Pizza Cloud, the cellular backup that helps you keep everything up and running all the time. I remember there used to be times in our business where it would be Friday night or Saturday night, and it would be an, a usually busy time, and it would be unusually quiet. And it would be like five or 10 minutes, so it wouldn't be all night. And we wonder, we would think to ourselves, wow, what is going on? There's no phone calls. There's no online orders coming in. But then it would start back up again. And then we would research, and we realized that there would be these sporadic periods of time where our phone lines and internet would actually go down, and we wouldn't even know it because it wasn't for an extended period of time. It was just 10 or 15 minutes. But when you're busy... 10 or 15 minutes worth of orders can mean thousands of dollars every single week or month. That'll never happen if you use Pizza Cloud. They have a cellular backup. Everything will always be up all the time, guaranteed. If not, they'll fix it for you. Go to pizzacloud.net. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. John, the owner of Pizza Cloud, will hook you up. Again, pizzacloud.net. Never lose another order or credit card sale or online order ever again. Today's podcast is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. 
was just cooking some pizza last night with Baccio cheese, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? I love this. I love the way that it melts. If you go to my Instagram, you can see some photos of it. It just tastes great. It melts great. Whether you're making Detroit-style pizza, whether you're cooking in the uni oven or the gosney, or you're cooking in your home oven, the pizzas come out great. They also come out great if you're using them in your pizzeria. So whether you're a home pizza maker or a professional pizza maker and you want to please your customers, check out Baccio Cheese. Go to BaccioCheese.com forward slash SPM where you can do that. Tell them you listen to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. You trust Bruce. You want to have some of Bruce's pizza just like he makes it. If you want to take a look at what it looks like, head over to my Instagram or you can go to Baccio Cheese's Instagram. They are at Baccio Cheese. You can also follow them on Facebook at Baccio Cheese as well. And I think you're going to love this cheese. I'm telling you right now, from somebody who makes a ton of pizza at home and professionally did it in the pizzeria, this cheese is the best. It's my favorite. It's my go-to. Again, BaccioCheese.com forward slash SPM. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Antonio from Lily's Fresh Pasta is joining me on the show. Antonio, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I know you're a busy guy. You're flying all over the place, so I appreciate you taking the time. Bruce, I appreciate you too. Much love. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. So give everybody a brief background about what you're up to. I know, we're, I mean, we're doing this virtually on the uh, over the internets, but we're pretty close to each other. Uh, but give everybody a, a little yeah, background yeah, about your business and what you're up to. Virtually, I am in the pasta business. I'm a manufacturer. My folks, mom and dad started the business back in 1986, just outside of Boston, Mass, city of champions. That's right. And uh, in Everett, Massachusetts, where uh, my mom just had a dream to come to America and really make a real good, wholesome high quality, healthy product that the chefs would really enjoy and, um, and find value to, uh, begin, you know, this wonderful life of ours that, uh, the vehicle was pasta. I love it. I can, I can, I can tell your Boston accent too. So doing this podcast, I try to subdue mine, but if I do get talking pretty quick or something, it may pop out, but I can tell your Boston accent. I love it. Makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, you should see when I'm in New York and Jersey and Florida. It's all that bass. <laughs> everybody, everybody makes fun of us too. Yeah. They always want to hear us to say car or park or you know anything with an yeah. R at the end of it, harbor, something like that that they can make fun of us or pick on us about our accent. But whatever, that's what we do, right? Yeah, yeah. I just say to them, it sounds like you want to come to Boston. Let's go. That's I know, I right? Be. That's how I answer it. Um, so. <laughs> You, your parents, I was watching a video on your website about how you guys started with your mom. And it was very inspirational, by the way, watching that video of how they started the company from such small beginnings. But now it seems to be you're taking over and it's really growing. What's the goal for you guys? Is it to get fresh pasta all over the country? You know, just to impact as many restaurant owners, operators, chefs, you know, really, uh, Bruce, to help them really enhance and elevate the quality of their pasta offerings. When you go out to dine and when you go out to eat, Nothing feels better than hearing, you know, nothing feels better than a memorable experience. Nothing feels better than, you know, really truly enjoying a meal. Uh, for me, it's special. It brings me back to a place of comfort. It brings me back to a comfort of where um, my mom would cook for us and we would enjoy a meal together. Um, but to see the chefs and the owners really help enhance that experience for their diners because ultimately they want to create retention for customers to go back that's a special feeling. We don't take that for granted. Uh, it's a commitment to really quality ingredients, quality manufacturing equipment, and then the most important ingredient, um, people. People, man. It's just creating this, this important path and illustrating what they really mean to the business, what they mean to the experience, 
because there's a level of passion, commitment, desire, and will that goes into, you know, really manufacturing something that you can be proud of. What did when your parents came over here? Did they just sell pasta, or was it a restaurant? Or how did it get? How did it actually get started? It started in 1978. I was three years old. My mom was in Manhattan. My mom was in New York, and she wanted to make the kids some pasta. And all she found was really Chef Boyardee and Prince Spaghetti. Nothing against that. Well, actually, a lot. A computer will but <laughs> it's like Domino's. It's like doing the pizza podcast, talking about Domino's or pizza. Yeah, it's pizza, but it's not the greatest. <laughs> Seriously, and uh, and my mom was just like, I think she just had this visionary aha moment where you know she knew she had to go back to Italy for green card reasons and all the things, our status at the time. We knew we were going back to Italy, but it was in that moment where she said to my husband, Giova, voglio venire in America a fare la pasta, voglio venire qua a fare un buon prodotto. And it was, it was these words of, I want to come to America and I want to bring our product, I want to bring our heritage, I want to bring what we know is a good product. And that's how it all started. And, and so the hard beginnings you know, started right then and there. She did go back to Italy and she spent you know, 1978 to 86, so eight years, you know, studying technology, studying lamination, studying equipment, studying brass dyes, studying uh, culture, you know, regional specialties, these culinary, you, you know, um, local um, authentic dishes that we were like so not only proud of, but we just look forward to it as Italians and trying to figure out how to bring that to America with no money you know, obviously was not an easy thing to accomplish. Wow. So in 1986, when she came back here, that's when, did she open a store or how was she selling it? Yeah. So, so, you know, just to pin back just a little bit, she found some really nice people in Italy, a guy by the name of Jim Piero Bellotti, who trusted her, you know, and sent three machines over. He offered her control of Northern Italy's operations, pasture operations. And she said, Jim Piero, I told you, I want to go to, I want to go to America. I want to bring my kids there. I want to go there for opportunity. And so she packed up her bags. I remember, you know, the story and somewhat uh, remember a little bit of like the experience of her trying to hawk jewelry and, and trying to just figure out how to scrape a few bucks. And this gentleman was just, I trust you, Lily. I know you'll pay me. I'm going to send you to America with these three machines, you and your husband and your kids. I'm going to miss you a lot. Go chase your dreams and go do what you want to do because um, you're ready for it. And so she embarked. She arrived. Um, we arrived in New York. And a couple of suitcases, 180, 190, just a little under 200 bucks. And, um, you know, a lot of hopes and a lot of prayers and a lot of dreams in those suitcases other than a few pieces of clothes. She was determined to open up this factory. She came up to, to Boston where we had family, we had uncles, we had aunts. And, um, and they helped us get comfortable, give us a place to stay, you know, try to figure out where to go. And, uh, and my father, you know, um, unfortunately had just, you know, within a month or two had taken a heart attack, but you know, he made out all right. He, he, he got back into shape and, um, you know, we found the place in Everett, uh, which is my barber shop today, uh, on main street. And, um, and so the business started there and my wow. mom started making pasta and it was a struggle because what you do in Italy with the, with flowers, you had to adapt, you had to go through a whole new re-engineering and cycle of understanding how to make that product right. Cause it was different here, water and, and hydration and humidity and atmosphere control and all these little things that, you know, um, create a really, really high quality dough in order to start laminating the pasta, in order to start extruding it, in order to start filling it. And then the, the, the fun stuff began. You know, I was one of three kids, three brothers that um, learned English within 90 days. 
And my father would pick me up in the 69 Fred Flintstone, you know, holes in the back seats on the floors and, you know, cardboard covering them in the Chevrolet Impala. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah, it was an Impala. And um, and he would pick me up and start taking me on Newberry Street uh, in the North End, in Back Bay. And we just, you know, old school, uh, knock on doors, see these chefs with these big white hats on at the hotels and, and you know, and just say... Uh, try this product. You know, my father literally would look at me and say, tell this chef to stop buying this product. And I'm like, you know, freaking 11 years old, 12 years old <laughs> saying, hey, chef, hey, Bruce, you know, uh, my father told me to tell you to stop buying these raviolis. I would, you know what, though, as a, as a grown adult now, I would appreciate that. If like, especially knowing what I know about like business and entrepreneurship, if 11 year old came up and said, hey, you got to try this pasta, I would, I would be like, you know what, I'm going to try that pasta just because you had the guts to come up and ask me to try the pasta. Yeah, that's that's well said. That's love right there. That's 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 true. And and, you know, I bet you there was a little bit of that. Right. I bet you that human that human, you know, touch with that emotional impact with this family who's walking into my place in a time where, you know, lobster ravioli, uh, radicchio and speck, um, asparagus and fontina, eggplant caponata, you know, shrimp and scallop and grand manier, you know, these things didn't exist. Yeah. You know, you know, chefs are like, Lily, what do I got to do with this stuff? There was this educational period aside from the manufacturing period. And my mom was just really the the brick, the the pole, you know, the 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 convinced individual that this was going to work. And we were going to, you know, get through this tough time. And and sure enough, little by little, you know, the product was very well received. And I was having my own little aha moments of appreciation, um, commitment, you know, dedication, watching this woman, you know, sometimes sleeping, you know, on a bag of semolina because, you know, she had to make pasta the next morning to not let that client down. And so the sacrifice, you know, was really early in my career, even though I didn't know it was a career. I didn't know what was going on. Right. I'm 11, 12, 13 years old. You know, just going along the motions and having fun, you know, because yeah. even though we were dead poor, my family never made us feel like we were poor pretty much. That's great. What a great story your mom has. And it's great to see, too, like she had a vision, like she knew what the outcome was going to be before it happened. So she just kind of knew what she wanted and she just knew she had to follow that path. What an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she always had this saying, you know, as as the weeks and the months and the years, it was always about um, even the rocks on the ground, you know, respect respect me, and that was kind of interesting because it took me like literally twenty years to figure that out, and it was working with honesty, it was committed, it was sacrifice, it was if you're gonna say something and live up to it, do it. And, and it was just this, this constant level of commitment and hard, hard work. And, and because of it, those aha moments that I was having when I would deliver you, Bruce, and, and, you know, come to your restaurant, it was always like, tell your mother I said hi. Tell your mother thank you for making a great product. Thank, you know, I kept hearing these thankfulness, you know, feelings that it took me years to really understand and appreciate what that really meant. And, and I would go home and just say, Ma, the guy said, thank you. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you know, but it was more than that. Yeah. You know, there was really a true gift. There was a moment of, tra- of, of you know, that transaction of, of, of gifting back and forth 
which turns into loyalty, right? When somebody starts to work from you and buy something from you, you know, and that loyalty goes on for years and years, that's an amazing feeling that you have to be damn proud of. And that's what, like, where the work, like the foundation of what we do when we're successful, that's what we're so proud of, building that loyalty and that respect between the individuals. I love that. So you guys started out just selling to restaurants around the Boston area, and then now, obviously, you've expanded. Your involvement, have you always been involved? I talked to a lot of family businesses, and sometimes, you know, the parents start a business, and then the kids grow up in the business, but then they go off and do something else because they don't think they want to be in the business, and then they come back to the business. What's your story with the business? Is it like that, or have you always been involved? Yeah, so so it's um, it's the life of a kid coming to America. It's the life of a kid making sure that his mom, you know, whatever she tells him to do, you do. And then there's the fun, playful side of this country, the sports, playing at the park, running back to the factory. Mom needs a delivery done. <laughs> going to make delivery. Coming home. Oh, I met a girl in school. I got to go, you know, on a quick date. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it was always around pasta. I literally, you know, really slowly found, you know, this passion and this attachment. And uh, I, I can't say that I, you know, could see myself here today where I am today in those days. But the evolution, uh, every few years, there's this evolutional period where you feel more and more attached. My mom is just... Um, been so instrumental in making me really prove to her that I was ready to really lead, manage, grow, and now scale the company. That took 30 years. And what I will say is that I made it, I made it take that long because of our, you know, my inability to see things better and clearer along the way to be able to, even though I appreciated what was going on, there was probably an extra gear that she was looking for to make sure that my son's ready. And my inability to make good decisions really made that, you know, made that um, it allongated it. It created an extension where I really wasn't able to really take control of the company till 2000, I think, 18, right before COVID when I, when I bought the company. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you, she was ma really making sure that you were going to not mess it up. Yeah, 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. In all honesty, you know, it's. You know, it's it's the decisions you make, Bruce. I mean, I didn't make it easier on myself. I got a dig right after my father actually passed away in 1991. And after he passed away, it was um, an immediate addiction to gambling. You know, and, and, and that was tough because that took over my life. But I always worked. And what I did is I worked my you-know-what off. But what I was doing is I was blowing the money every Friday. And so what do you think your parents are saying? They know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was it was it was those moments at some point, you know, you you have to wake up. And I'm so fortunate that even though it took so long to figure that out, that at some point I was able to say enough is enough with this. You know, I got to figure out how to be a good husband someday, a good father if I'm blessed to have kids, a good business owner, a good partner you know, just a good moral character for the community, myself and my family. Well, I'm glad you got out of that. It sounds like you're on the right track now and you're doing and having a good life and you're happy doing what you're doing, which is the point of life, right? Like you gotta, I think the point of life, everybody wants to make money, which obviously is important because it gives you opportunity, but ultimately you want to enjoy what you do. You're on this earth for such a short period of time that whatever it is you choose to do as a business or a job, you want to make sure that you enjoy it and you like it and you get up happy to go to work. Oh man, music to my ears. Sing that again. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard though because there's so many opportunities out there, and there's so many ways that people, as you kind of move through the school, 
nobody they, they make kids try to figure out what they want to do so young. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like 44 years old, and I still trying to figure out my life. I don't know if you ever figure it out. <sighs> For the first time in my life, I'm really focused and clear on the path. I gotta tell you that. Yeah. You know? um, maybe, maybe um, you know, a decade ago, I'd be saying what you're saying, but I yeah. feel like right now, uh, while we're in the you know, control of the almighty man upstairs. Um, you know, God bless that we get to wake up every morning and chase a feeling of what we love to do. Cause I think ultimately that's, that's, that's really what, we, what makes us feel really accomplished is that we're truly doing something with purpose and, and, and the ability to drive for that purpose is what keeps us going and what keeps us make us become who we ultimately are chasing to be. Yeah. And I, we were talking before we got on the podcast about you kind of like you travel so much now with expansion and trying to go from, you know, just this Northeast area to all across the country. And you do go to a lot of shows. So you probably talk to a lot of business owners just like I do with the podcast. What's when you are at the shows and you're saying, Hey, try my product. Like what are people saying to you because they're new to it? And what are the questions they're asking you that you could answer on the podcast if they're listening right now? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things that happens is an immediate intimacy or attachment to the product because they taste something that is really, really good. And so that first thing is, you know, um, is is the the guys that have the experience for something like we make, like a fresh product, they get it right away. But this growing market since COVID, the pizza segment for us has exploded. Yeah. Like I'm pumped about pizza. You know, I'm pumped about these pizza guys that are elevating and enhancing the quality of their menus for just a few pennies more. They were prepared for COVID. Most of them were doing takeout and delivery. Pasta right. travels really well. But when the white tablecloth shut down, the pizza guy said, hey, the guy down the street that was getting $24 for that beautiful Bucatini alla Matriciana, you know, I remember Antonio coming in here trying to push this stuff and I never bought it from him. I got to call him because his customers are calling me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was this immediate, you know, this immediate liftoff. And so to answer your question is, Antonio, how do I introduce fresh pasta? Antonio, how do I hold fresh pasta? Antonio, how can I be successful with this product? Antonio, what's your experience with my segment? And I think for me, it's more about that relationship, rock solid building moment, Bruce. It's more about leading you down the path that I'm your guy, that I'm going to be, you know, first and foremost, looking to build my relationship with you. Because this isn't like, you know, Friday night, I hit a home run and then I was a one-hit wonder and I never see you again. It's an important time that goes back to how I was growing up in this business, watching my mom have relationships for 25 years without a sales team. Imagine running a company today without a sales team and, and being relevant. No, that'd be tough. It'd be a lot of work. Right? And, and it was just that it was calling Bruce every day. It was making sure that everything was right for Bruce. It was delivering Bruce on Saturday night because he didn't get his product. It was really running a business like a partnership more than just a transaction. And and so I'm grateful right now, especially at the pizza segment. You know, these pizza operators really have it down packed. They make an incredible pie, pizza, whatever you want to call it. They all have a really good, you know, who has the best sauce, but they all feel like they have a great sauce. And they really don't have to reinvent the wheel with fresh pasta. And they don't even have to get rid of their dry pasta. That's the most important thing is that there's misconception. Like, I don't want to get rid of my dry pasta. Well, nobody even wants you to even touch that. Like, I, I, I love to see the category split in two. Let Bruce, let the customer figure yeah. out what's better so that you can come back to me and say, hey, Antonio, man, I got six out of every 10 meals. People are like, do you have any more of that fresh pasta? People are paying two, three, four, five dollars more for something that only costs about 30, 40 cents more a portion. 
You know what else too? I think too, COVID definitely helped with this where the, maybe the internet helped too, Instagram and Facebook and social media where the consumers, people who eat from pizza restaurants are way more knowledgeable about products and what they're looking for today than they were, you know, 15 or 20 years ago when I was operating. Like back in the day, like they, they asked about ingredients, but the people who were asking about what ingredients are in there and how you prepare it was way smaller than it is today. I feel like everybody's kind of aware and wants to know what's in their ingredients or what kind of pasta you're using or what kind of sauce you're using or there's allergies. There's just a lot more questions and concerns from people today than there used to be. Agree. And Agree. And that's, and that's kind of important. And honestly, that's what I love about the new generation. You know, they're much more prepared. They're much more knowledgeable. They really have the gift of understanding the internet, the, the internet, the internet, you know, the, the, the algorithms and yeah. social media, they do their research. And here's the best part about it. They're loyal for quality. When they find what they believe is right for them, you know, they stay, they stick to it. And I'm a big fan of that because we live in a quality environment. We, we really, all we do is really look to help enhance the quality of these offerings that these restaurants are offering. And so anytime you can have a clean label, um, a healthier choice, you know, to me, that's really important, especially because it goes back to what my mom's mission was. If you hear on our videos, it was always, it was like all about what's going to go into your stomach. It was always, always about, you know, health for her. And it's kind of, you know, really yeah. been engraved in the DNA of our company. How do you get or have fresh pasta last if you are shipping across the country? Is it frozen? You guys make it fresh and then it gets frozen? Absolutely. Yeah. So fresh pasta um, um, gets made and then it gets IQF'd. It gets blast frozen at its optimal highest state of quality. At that point, it can sit in a freezer for up to 12 months. So once it gets into California, Texas, or even, you know, let's just say Boston, if the guy bought it frozen, they leave it in the refrigerator for 24 hours. The next day, Bruce, you have fresh pasta fully thought out. And then you have between 16 and 20 days, depending on the pack date of that product, to use it. Now, most restaurants don't need 16 to 20 days. Right. You know, they want to buy it on Monday for Tuesday and Wednesday, and then on Thursday for Friday, Saturday, and the weekend. So give me, let me, let me, give me the alternative. So dry pasta versus fresh pasta. So if I'm going to use fresh pasta and it comes in frozen, like what's the difference? Explain to me. Yeah. So a couple of differences. So again, handling wise, you're going to slack it on and then you have fresh pasta. Dry pasta is going to come in dry, beautiful, shelf stable, really inexpensive. You have to pre-cook it. You can't cook it to order. Nobody wants to wait 15, 20 minutes for right. a dry pasta. So that dry pasta is going to get cooked. It's going to sit in a draw. It's going to get probably oiled down so it doesn't stick. It's slimy. <laughs> um, you know, it's mushy over the time because it's just been overcooked. And, and so it just doesn't really leave a really memorable experience, um, in my opinion. Right. Um, but when you start cooking a fresh dish of pasta that only takes two minutes to cook. So imagine dropping a beautiful, fluffy rigatoni, a fusilia villinese, a trofia, a cavatelli, a radiatori, like all these beautiful cuts or even just a a flat laminated pappardelle, yeah. a flash in the pan, a minute and a half, and then finished in your sauce, twirled on the plate. Um, when you bite into it, Bruce, I'll blindfold you 99 out of 100 times you're going to pick the fresh pasta over the dry pasta. Oh, I love fresh pasta, so I, I, you don't have to convince me. I would choose it every single time because I enjoy it. Now, does it deliver well? So if you are going to make fresh pasta for a pizza shop that does delivery, 
Does it deliver well, just as well as a dried pasta would do? It does. Good. It does. It, it only not only does it deliver well, but let's face it, we've all had that experience where you know pasta sits in the refrigerator overnight because we couldn't finish our takeout meal or our dinner, and then we heat it up in the next day, and maybe somebody in the crowd's like, "Damn, this stuff is." Friggin' better the next day than it was yesterday, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it, too. I think there's a lot of pizza restaurants out there who maybe start small with just pizza who want to add something on, but they don't want to add. You got to be different. I always talk about on this podcast about, like, what makes you different than the place down the street? If you're doing exactly the same thing as every other pizza shop in your area, what's going to – the only thing someone's going to choose you on is price. So how can you make yourself stand out where, all right, you know what? Maybe not every single person's going to get – fresh pasta, but if they want fresh pasta and you're the only one that does it and you're delivering, they're going to choose you. You just made yourself different without having to look at the price. Yeah, it's true. And I think, I think the right, the, the, the guys that are getting behind it, that understand the power of the word fresh are not only putting the word fresh, but I see that there's, there's this collaboration that needs to happen. The influencers, and I don't mean social media, I mean, you know, the guys on the line, you know, the cooks, maybe you got waiters and waitresses, you know, when you're really bringing in a product like this, you want them to understand the story behind it, the local manufacturer that's making it for you, because you're going to, Bruce, you're going to put your name on it. I want you to say, you know, at Bruce's House of Pizza, you know, all of our pasta is locally homemade or hand or handcrafted or housemade. And that's been the story of our life. Very few people, you know, put lilies on their menus. It's not you know, something yeah. that happens in food service. Chefs want to be known for what they're creating. And we're just really proud that we're able to be almost like the sous chef to the to the chef, you know, to be able to make that product for them. But yeah, you're there, right. I think having you, fresh pasta is amazing too, but like you guys do all the work. It's hard to do fresh pasta. You need a specialty equipment and time and knowledge, and it's hard to do that. It is. I mean, listen, we're seeing a huge push from the equipment companies trying to get these restaurants to stop buying the pasta equipment. And, uh, it, you know, as, as much as like you're like, oh, why would you be excited about that? It's not that I'm excited about it. I try to tell chef, I try to tell these owners, it's like, you know, if you call me for an opinion, I'm going to tell you option A is do you want to buy yourself a second and a third job in this distract labor market? Um, can you make it consistently um, the way we're going to make it so that money doesn't go into the trash, right? Because yeah. you might not be at the restaurant all the time. You don't know when things are going in the trash. I want your profits in the register, not in the bucket. Um, are you going to be able to deal with when that machine breaks down after six months? Because I promise you machines, they're not made anymore with like computers back in the old day where they last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Guys are going to get worn out. And, and then the labor of love is the same hand making it. Like think about the passionate guys that make their own dough in the pizza world. These guys really know how to make great dough. And that's why their pies and their pizzas are so good. It's an art. And then you got, you know, companies that also, you know, buy dough, but you know, what I'm seeing is, oh, my God, Antonio, I made this $14,000 investment. I bought all these friggin' dyes, and only two of them come out really, really good. And I got to come back and stop buying stuff from you. And I'm, you know, by the way, here's the funny one. Antonio, you want to buy my machine? <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's more important for an operator to actually invest in a pasta cooker. You know, Bruce, here's the, here's the thing that's so important. If you're going to want to, if you're doing 200, 300 pies a night and you want to start doing like 100 pastas a night, like done right so that your freaking customers are blown off the map, like they really love it, spend two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 on an actual pasta cooker. So often in the last 20, 30, 40 years, I've seen these guys build out these awesome kitchens, spend a half a million dollars in a kitchen 
And then they buy a pot of water with four baskets <laughs> and they want to do a hundred covers a night. Yeah. You can't temp you can't regulate the temperature of the water. That's the hardest part is like making sure that it's the right temperature all the time or making sure because you're constantly feeding water into there manually. Yeah. And then, you know, the worst is when they put a salamander right over that pot of water. You can't even stick your hand and pick up the basket without either burning yourself. <laughs> yeah. You spend so much money, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars on a salam on whatever that thing's called to melt cheese. I you know what? So I was operating, we we bought a pasta maker and we were making pasta. It's not a, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy to have it be come out consistently. It's not quick. It takes time. Like it's a long process, especially if you only have, like, if you're a independent pizzeria, you're not going to buy the biggest pasta machine. You're going to buy like a small one that's affordable to get started. And it takes a long time to make enough pasta for a night, like hours. Um, and it's, it's easier if you could, it's like building a website. I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, all right, teach me how to build a website. I'm like, it's, it's easier for you just to hire somebody that knows how to build a website and spend your time trying to sell stuff to pay for the website versus you learning how to use WordPress or Squarespace to build a website that's not even going to come out as good as the person who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, build the partnerships with your suppliers. Build solid partnerships with suppliers that are going to give you something that is just as good if you made it once with love and just as good, if not better. Yeah. You know, and focus on building your business, marketing your pizzeria, your pasteria, your restaurant, whatever it is. You know, focus on your customer and align yourself with partners that truly make great products that help you grow your business. That's the way I look at it. The other option, too, was, you know, if you're going to make your own pasta because you've been doing it for 50 years, then at least still put the love and care into that customer, Bruce, because at one point his pasta maker's not showing up. His machine's going to go down, and at yeah. least you can be second best to him. At least you're the next man in line. Call Antonio. You know, call Antonio. He'll help us out for three weeks until, you know, we get that new dye in. I love Whatever it, it is. But yeah. that's what you want to do. You want to make yourself available and, and know that you appreciate their business one way or the other. Last question I have for you. So you're you're starting to expand. How are you getting the word out there? I know you said you're traveling around all these shows. I see you guys have a pretty good social media following. Uh, what's, the, what's the process or the thought process about, all right, how, I want to get the word out to as many people as possible. How are you doing that? Yeah, just uh, food service distributors just have some great, great partners who really appreciate our products. Building the relationship with these great salespeople who are bringing the product to the markets, you know, going in and out of their restaurants, calling the restaurant owners. Hey, we just brought on this line, Antonio uh, from Lily's Fresh Pasta. He's in the market. He's going to be showcasing three or four cuts. You know, we're putting a blitz together. We'd like to come see you. And I'm just so grateful and fortunate that I'm able to fly into markets that I only dreamed of growing up and going through this business. And thanks to those partnerships, those distributor partnerships, we're able to bring that product to, to your pizza restaurant, to your pasta restaurant, to your Italian restaurant, to whatever it is. Um, even steakhouses, uh, Bruce. You'd be surprised how many huh. steakhouses are now, you know, doing a, a, an appetizer, like a certified Angus braised short rib ravioli, sitting in a little, little puddle of mashed potatoes with a little beautiful burra salvia, a little butter and sage on top. Mamma mia, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> that sounds great. I was looking at your website before we got on here about all the different varieties of pasta and raviolis you guys have. If someone's listening to the podcast and they want to uh, order some, should they go to your website directly or what do they do? Absolutely. Fill out the landing page at liliesfreshpasta.com. You'll be able to hit sample lilies. You'll bring you to a landing page. You can get me on IG at Antonio Delelio or Lily's Fresh Pasta. Um, and um, those, are the, those are the best places 
best places to um, to catch us. And uh, you know, Bruce, as a as a as a token of my appreciation, you know, your first hundred customers somehow, if they connect with us through you, we'd love to send them a free case of fresh pasta. However, they reach out to us, however they get a hold of me, as long as they they we maybe we can come up with a code right now, SPM uh, in the subject line. Uh, that your hat says SPM or Bruce or the name of your podcast. However, we want to uh, let our listeners know, reach out to us and we'd love to, you know, collaborate and give you one case of fresh free pasta for the first hundred, hundred uh, listeners that call us. That's excellent. Yeah. Do SPM as the code. So just, if you're listening to this podcast right now, go to either smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash lilies, and that'll take you to the landing page there over at Lily's fresh pasta and just tell them you heard them on the smart pizza marketing podcast and there you go. You get some, you get some fresh pasta to try out in your business. I think it's good. I like, I like fresh things. So I think it's going to be a great uh, opportunity for some folks to try some new things. And are you available everywhere? So if someone's anywhere in the U.S., they can get it. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. what distributors are you with? We uh, we got about 55, uh, 55 uh, distributors. Uh, we start with big broadliners like Performance Food Service. Um, Cisco, uh, U.S. Foods, and then some nice uh, independents, local players here in the Boston market that do an amazing job, uh, the Paul Marks of the world, the Accardis of the world. Um, they, they really, you know, do a really great job. Uh, we got some produce companies now coming on board. You know, oh, they cool. really mastered the, the perishables, and they see this as an opportunity to also take care of their restaurants. So um, we want to help you out and... Uh, from my kitchen to your kitchen. Yeah. Amazing. All right, go to smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link up the show notes, everything that Antonio mentioned, their website, social media, uh, how to contact them over at the website, Smart Pizza Marketing. Antonio, thank you so much. Don't go anywhere yet, but thank you so much for hanging out with me here on the podcast. It was great talking to you. I appreciate you a lot. Much love. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, Antonio. Appreciate you joining me on the show. It was fun talking to you. If you missed anything we talked about, links or anything, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. That's our home base. That's where you can check out all of the sponsors, all of the content, everything we mentioned on this podcast episode, as well as if you want to be a guest, maybe in the future, it'll be me and you hanging out on the podcast. Go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Everything we do is there. You're going to have a great time over there because we've spent seven years creating content for you. I'm getting very animated over here, knocking things over, but it's going to be a great place for you to go and check out all of our past archive episodes if you just happen to stumble upon the podcast and this is your first episode so many great past guests over there thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time